Hey, this is Christian Gehring from ABC Schooled. I'm sitting here with Elias, and you're listening to the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, Adrian. I A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the Man Cave. Your host, Elias. Christian, welcome to the cave. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. How are you, man? What's new with you? Good, you know, just uh, taking it day by day here in quarantine. But, um, yeah, it's been good, man. Trying to stay busy, stay creative. So Yeah, what, what, have, you been doing with, what have you been doing with all this time to yourself? Uh, luckily, right before, you know, this all went down, I, um, me and two of my buddies, we were filming a, a pilot, like um, a television comedy that we wrote. And we filmed it, and I am in charge of editing the whole thing. So it's actually been kind of a blessing, and I've been doing a lot of editing. That's awesome. And yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of drinking and cooking, and watching trash TV, man. So it's been good. <laughs> That's all you could do, right? That's it. That's it, man. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you've been busy the last few years. You know, you've done some various TV roles, and you have a a recurring role on school, then we'll talk about that, which is a spinoff of the Goldbergs. But I want the listeners, right. to, I want the listeners to get to know a little more about you. Where are you originally from? So I grew up in Alexandria, Virginia, right outside of, uh, of Washington, D.C. And, um, yeah, it's just, uh, I've been in L.A. for the last, gosh, almost almost 10 years now. Oh, wow. But, yeah, I grew up, grew up back east. How was it growing up in that area? It was good, man. I, you know, like, I don't know. I, I didn't know any better. Yeah. You know, I never really went to the West Coast like my whole life, and so I loved going growing up back there. But um, as soon as I got out here, I was like, damn, you know, <laughs> why, why didn't we live out here? You know, but um, right. But yeah, it was it was great. I I loved uh, I loved school in D.C. and I made like some of my best friends. Uh, are still, you know, they actually moved out to LA and, and we all hang. So, uh, yeah, I can't complain about, about life out in, in DC. Yeah. So growing up in that area, like what were you into as a kid? Um, geez, growing up, um, I did a lot of, I bounced around a lot, you know, um, kind of like the one thing that like grounded me was, um, martial arts. I actually got into like Taekwondo and Hakido and, uh, Kung Fu. And so that, like, that, between that and, you know, different sports like basketball, uh, in, in high school I did track and, uh, I, I was too skinny to do the cool sports. So I did like track and, and tennis and, uh, um, yeah, man, I just, I always wanted to pursue acting or like get into acting. I just like, I just didn't think it was in the cards. And I also had like the worst stage fright of all mm. time. So I was just like, you know, I just, I was like, well, that's just, you know, you can't do that. That's, mm. that's not in the, in the cards for you. And I kind of made my peace with that, but. So what made, but no, you, what I, made I, you change your I, mind? Gosh, you know, so I went to college and at James Madison university in Harrisonburg, Virginia. And I just, 
I was doing media arts and design, like videography and editing. And it was interesting, but I was, just, I just had this like bug in the back of my brain of like, dude, you're going to like graduate soon. And like, what do you really want to do, man? Like, what do you really, really want to do? Cause mm. go do that. And, and, and there was just this, you know, I was watching Entourage at the time. Oh my God. It was like awesome, one of my awesome show. Yeah. Yeah. Like just one of the best shows ever. And like, to this day, I'll put it on because it's just like, it's just, you know, it's perfect for like getting me out of your head and just like a feel good show. And, um, yeah, Jerry Ferrara who plays turtle. I remember reading an article about him just going out to LA with no acting background and just hitting the ground running and slowly getting little roles here and there. I think he booked like a little guest star spot on King of Queens and then booked turtle and I was just, and just, you know, changed his whole life and, and he's phenomenal. And I don't know, man, I was just like, man, if he can do it, I gotta give it a shot. And so I was just like, let's, let's just go all in and see what happens. So, so when you finished college, did you even take any acting classes while you're in college? You just went right out to LA. I did. So like, um, senior year rolled around and I was like, and like junior year was when I kind of had that realization, like, what do you really want to do? And I was filming, filming like a bunch of short films and stuff for my classes that I was taking and, and editing them and, and like finding that I couldn't, I couldn't cast good actors. And, and I was like, well, I'll just, you know, I'll just jump in here, jump in there when, I, when we needed an actor. And then I really loved that. And I was like, um, I was like, yeah, so senior year, I'll, I'll just, I just took, a few acting classes and I felt like, I mean, I got some good feedback from the class and like the teachers. And I just remember them being like, yeah, you have like a, like a natural ability. Like you should really just, you know, get some training and, and go pursue it. And so, yeah, just as soon as I graduated, I drove out to LA and with two of my buddies and we found a shithole in, in the Valley and, <laughs> Just started the struggle, you know, the classic struggle. You've been there for ten years now. That... It'll be, gosh, I guess not ten. I guess nine. It's nine. Wow. So almost wow. nine. Yeah. yeah. Hey, when you told your parents that's what you were going to do, what was their reaction? They said, "You're absolutely fucking not doing that." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they were like, "What are you talking about?" They, we know we like. We don't support this. Like, yeah. you, do you even know how to? Like, what do you mean you're going to drive, you know, three thousand miles across the country? Like, you don't know anybody out there. You don't know how to act. Like, what are you talking about? And then, um, you know, it took me this summer to convince them to, for us to convince them, and but they could they could see that I was just going to do it. And you know, it was the typical like, well, you know, go do it, and we'll see you in a few months. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, all right, cool. I mean, like, I'll go check it out. And, you know, two months turned into nine years now. Yeah, yeah. So. so when you first got there in L.A., what was, like, the what was the first few things you did out there? First thing I did was I found a job, found a job at uh, this restaurant called Mexicali. And then from there it was like, oh, my God, what the, what the fuck are we doing? Like, <laughs> we don't know anyone uh so then it was like find a school and we found uh we, we joined uh, beverly hills playhouse 
which is this great school in uh, West Hollywood, and yeah, made a lot of connections there, and kind of just got our feet wet. And then it was like, you know, it was just I was like all these like shit. Okay, we need an agent and a manager, or like at least an agent. Um, so we started doing showcases all over town, and you know, just bringing in monologues or like writing our own scenes, and then it just one thing led to another. Finally somebody took a chance on me, but you know, there, I probably had 10 meetings where they were like, well, listen, you don't really have any credits and you're 21 years old. Like, why don't you have any credits? I'm like, well, I just got here. And I'm like, I need you to like get credits. And they're like, right. Well, we can't take you on. And it's like, okay. So <laughs> just a lot of like a lot of rejection, but you know, eventually somebody took a chance and I'm actually still with them to this day. Mm. So now Correct me if I'm wrong. I read online that uh, your first debut was on 90210 back in 2012. <laughs> yeah, man. How, yeah. How, um, how was it being on something like that? It was. It was good. You know, it's like I don't know. It was like it was such a small role. I think I played like the jealous boyfriend of like the lead like the lead guy was like hitting on my girlfriend and I'm like the jealous boyfriend that like jumps in and tries to fight him. Yeah. It's like the classic kind of high school douche, which I tend to play a lot of. So, but it was cool. It was just cool to be on set, man. And just kind of like, I remember getting that job and just being like, so mind blown that I was going to be on an actual set. Yeah. It was, it was a, it was a real trip for sure. Now you've done a couple other things before school, but you know, like Modern Family and Bosch, and you know, a couple other things. Like, mm-hmm. what, what, mm-hmm. what have you enjoyed the most? I, I think school obviously is like top dog for me, just because it it is such a um, it was my first role where I could really like I don't know I felt like I was like integrated into the cast, but before that I, I would have to say it's either. Um, I did it. It's either Modern Family because that was just like a that was one of my favorite shows, and working with Eric Stone Street was just like an absolute dream, and getting to hang with him and seeing him turn on Cam, and then you know we called cut, and he's like the the biggest bro of all time. It was such a trip, and then um, and then I did this I did this show um, called The Brink. It was it was only on for one season. And it was Tim Robbins and Jack Black and Carla Gugino. And I played this role of Billy, who it was like big dick Billy. And I I like I had to audition for this. And it was like in the in the description it said that this character has um like a huge dick. And he had sex with Tim Robbins' wife, who was Carla Gugino. And Tim Robbins is like, his character is totally cool with it. And they're just like buddies until he realizes that he has this big dick. And so I like auditioned and I auditioned in front of Tim Robbins, which was like probably the most nerve wracking thing I've ever had to do in an audition room because it was just like this legend in yeah. front of me. And, uh, and, and he was like, you like my audition? And he was just, just like, you know what, man, like, do you, do you do improv? Are you cool with some improv? And I was like, shit you know okay because that's like yeah i'm cool let's do it but at the same time it's like you never know what they're going to throw at you so he we did a little improv and i i don't i i said something 
where it was just like accidentally the most perfect comedic timing. Like, I think my exit was just like so perfect and I didn't even mean to do it. Yeah. And it just, and it just, you know, the room just cracked up and I was like, I, I just got out. Of, I was like George Costanza. I was like, oh my God, okay. They're laughing. Like, get the fuck out. Yeah, you, that's what it reminded me of before yeah. you even said that. I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? I was just like, I was like, all right, see you later, guys. Like, I'm done. Like, I'm out. Like, I'm, I was out the door as quickly as possible. That's awesome. And then, uh, and then, but I, but I knew I was like, okay. So I think that that was as good as it gets. And then, so I got to I work on that. But they had to. The reason why it's one of my favorites is because it was just so insane. They had to mold this. 12 inch rubber prosthetic dick to my own area. <laughs> and I had to walk around on set with like these legends just completely, basically butt naked with this giant rubber dick on all day. <laughs> and it was just like the craziest shit ever. And like, you just never know what's going to happen in Hollywood. And uh, it was, it was a blast. And obviously like, you know, it was, it was as good as it gets in terms of like who I was working with. So, um, yeah, that was, that was my favorite. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like we mentioned now, you know, you know, now you star on ABC schooled, which is a spinoff of the Goldbergs. How exciting has this been? Ah, oh, man, it's just, it's a classic like actor's dream where I auditioned for a small guest star part in one episode. And then, it was just this, it was a great episode and they loved the character so much that they just kept writing him in. And I, you know, I've ended up doing 16 episodes on the series and it's just been, like I said, like it's, it's, a, it's surreal because, you know, it's Brian Callen who's this, for me, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, like a comedy god, uh, I would always go to his shows at like the Laugh Factory and the Improv. And then it's Tim Rob, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Tim Meadows, who, uh, you know, I grew up watching on That's SNL, right. and, yep. and and now they're just like my boys. Who, uh, it's just it is. It's such a wild ride to like. I, I constantly have to like pinch myself when I'm walking around um, the Sony lot because it's just. Uh, it's it's just a, a dream for me to be able to work with those like comedic legends and um, it's it's pretty much just a master class for me. I'm just watching these guys and like taking notes. Yeah. Now you play you play Roxborough. Like how would you how would you describe that the character? <laughs> um, Roxborough Ronnie is this I don't know high school either junior or senior, we don't really know, but clearly he's been held back for <laughs> forever because like, I'm 30 and this guy's supposed to be in high school. So yeah, so um, he's, this, he's this like dumb, the quintessential like dumb jock yeah. who's been held back um, and he's basically, it's been such an awesome character to play because, you know, there's like the classic dumb high school jock, like heartthrob, um, you know, high school, the quarterback, right? And then yeah. this guy is all of a sudden like super into musical theater and can sing and dance and he has a sidekick named Weasel and the two of them are basically just dumb and dumber 
And, and so it's just been so much fun to play, just like play around with these characters. And to be honest with you, I don't know where they're going with these guys. Like, it, like the homosexual undertones are <laughs> starting yeah. to be like, what, like we always joke in like, on like table reads and stuff. It's like, what, when is like, when are Ronnie and Weasel like going to come out? Like that's got to happen soon. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah. And it's just so fun. And like, uh, Gabe Gibbs who plays, um, Weasel is this, um, this Broadway kid who just came off of, um, book of Mormon and, you know, he can sing and dance and it's just like the most absurd characters. And I, I haven't really gotten a chance to play anybody like Roxborough. So mm-hmm. for me, it's been, uh, just uh total blessing is there is there anything you change about him if you could about roxborough yeah gosh um that's a really that's a good question um i would i don't think i would man i really don't i think the writers the writers like they really are great on the show and they they know what they're doing they like it's right on the line of like, okay, this, this could be really hacky or cheesy. And, um, I don't know. We, we get to go to a, a place where it's, it's broad, but it's still grounded in reality, which I love. And, uh, no, I don't think I'd change anything right now. It's been really fun playing him. So, so the, you know, the show takes place in the nineties and it's like, like even like I went right. back, I went back and I watched a couple of the episodes cause me and my wife watch a show. We love it. Because we were huge Goldberg fans, and then the spinoff was just even awesome. Right, yeah, I, you know, I grew up. I grew up in the eighties and the nineties, and uh, it's like your character looks like you did just come out of like Varsity Blues or like those other nineties movies mm-hmm. that came out. And it's like, it's mm-hmm. like the way they portrayed the characters, it's great. Like, what's been like your favorite thing about playing this character, like the teenager in the nineties? I think that that's it. That the mere fact that it is set in the nineties, because I think I don't know for me. Like I grew up in the nineties as well. And it was just, it's just like this, I don't know. It's this classic decade that kind of, you know, obviously like you can say that about every decade, but yeah. the nineties is just like this, this great, especially, you know, growing up, it's like this super nostalgic thing where I get to go back in time a little bit here. And, and I don't know, like the, the soundtrack of the nineties, you know, like the yeah. classic like Nirvana Pearl jam. That's right. Um, grunge all that all the like they play around with that a lot in the show and like they do this whole bit about like Alanis Morissette and they bring in they bring in all sorts of people like they, they bring in um who, who they have oh they had boys to men on one time and we got to like hang with them and you know we even like formed this boy band um you know based around kind of the the Backstreet Boys that's right that was my next question the Backstreet Boys music videos yeah so for me, just like the nostalgia of, of the nineties is, has been like so cool. Mm. And, and, uh, I, I, I don't know. There's something about the nineties that yeah. really, how was it? I think filming, everybody has that. How was it filming the Backstreet Boys episode? And did you have to like learn dance moves for that episode? Yeah, man. So, um, what's, what's the song? I think it's, um, I can't remember the name of the song right now. It's like, I don't know why it's escaping me, but there's this horrible, horrible Backstreet Boys music video where it almost looks like they didn't try. Like it's, I love the Backstreet Boys. They, you know, I, their songs are like iconic, but there's this one music video where they 
have like folding chairs and they're trying to dance with them and it's just terrible 90s like transitions and stuff and so we had to kind of recreate that entire music video and learn the choreography to all that and we do it in like the cafeteria and it was just so absurd and brett dyer is um an actor on the show he plays one of the teachers and he's just like hilarious like his physical comedy is just impeccable and so um yeah working with him and, and working on the choreography was was a lot of fun yeah what's what's been your favorite scene you think that you were in favorite scene that I'm when he's in on the show it's either when we form the boy band Street to Men and we do this like um, <laughs> we do this kind of green screen 90s um, music video with Thomas Barbuska and uh, Gabe and I we all do this ridiculous music video that we had to learn all the choreography for it's either that or, um, you know, probably my favorite scene that I did is the original, like, introduction to the character, Ronnie, where he, so my first, the first episode that I booked, Ronnie comes in, and you think he's just, like, this quarterback that they recruited, and they're, like, all psyched about, the coach recruited him, and then right in the middle of a workout, they're working out in the gym and in the gym, they're also doing a rehearsal for the musical rent. Like the musical theater uh, club is doing a rehearsal for the, for the musical rent. And as they're right in the middle of this big song, just practicing the song, Ronnie gets up from like bench pressing and just starts belting out (laughs) this musical number. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, man, I don't know something about that scene was just so like classic and, and it just worked so well in the episode. Um, so I just think I just thought it was so funny that this stupid douchebag meathead was all of a sudden belting show tunes. And <laughs> <laughs> that was uh yeah, that was super fun. man. So in your acting career and everything, like what do you enjoy more like uh, self tape or auditioning live in front of people? Gosh, really good question. You got, you got good questions, man. Um, I years ago, like just starting out, I would have said um, acting or auditioning in front of yeah. the casting director live because I don't know. You just I was like, yeah, well, you know, you you get a feel for the room and you get to actually meet the casting director and really like put, present your best self and like get to know them. Right. It's not necessarily the case. And I think the way that it's moving is eventually, I I really think that it's just going to be primarily self tapes because it just, it's so much more efficient and it's easier and it, it, it allows us as actors to present our best work. I mean, we're able to really like refine, uh, our audition as much as we want. And then, really you know because god there's nothing more uncomfortable than an audition room man i mean it is so much pressure you're waiting in the fucking lobby with all these actors who are just like you who are probably just as talented 
and they're all doing the lines together in the waiting room and you have to rehearse them out there with them and then you have to just jump into the room and I don't know the pressure and the nerves can really get to you that's been like the the toughest part I think for me because I've always had nerves but but no I I really do I'm starting to really embrace the self-tape because um you know just that freedom to kind of present your best self is amazing and then and casting directors are, are starting to use it more and more and I think they're starting to realize that it's almost a better avenue for them because there isn't that added pressure which because it's not uh, auditioning and acting are so separate like uh, it's almost like auditioning is its own beast because once you booked a job and you get on set it's it's just different you're you're bouncing ideas off of each other and you're vibing you have chemistry with the other actor like in the room you're you're with a reader and you know most of the time they're not even acting with you they're just reading words off the page and Mm -hmm. it's like it's not acting it's auditioning and so i think there's a big difference between the two and i'm really starting to gravitate towards the self-tape for sure have you have you ever like walked out of a, an audition before and you're like you know you're driving back and you're like man I should have done it this way or like you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like fuck I should have done it this way you know like you ever had that uh, happen to you? Oh oh um every fucking time <laughs> every time man like it's um I don't think I've ever not had that um maybe maybe like I said maybe that one there was that one with the brink with Tim Robbins where we did the improv and it was just like almost just like divine intervention. I don't even remember what I said, but it worked. I got the hell out of there. But (laughs) typically I get in my car and for the 45 minutes that I'm driving home, I redo the audition and I punch the steering wheel 150 times because I can't believe that I didn't do this line this way or this beat this way um yeah there's nothing worse than the audition process anybody in this town will tell you that because it's you know you drive an hour out of your way to get in the stuffy room and present this you know five page dialogue that you've been working on for the last 24 hours straight you haven't slept and you get three minutes to present it and then you got to drive all the way back with a ton of regret. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, um, don't love that. But it's part of the game, man. That's right. It's part of the mental game. What do, you, what do you do like before you do your audition? Do you do anything like you know? Like some people say they don't talk to anybody. Other people say you know, like oh, I drink my favorite drink before I go in there. You know, they have like a weird thing that they do. What's your thing? Um, yeah. So I don't have. I don't really have like like a superstitious like yeah. ritual or anything like that. But what I will do is, and it's kind of like developed over time. I'll, I have these like tongue twisters that I do in my car just to like make sure that, I mean, just for me, it's like this, this safety blanket where I know, okay, I've done all those. They're so tricky. Like I won't swallow my tongue or I won't trip on anything. And it just gives me this like confidence that, okay, as long as I'm, as long as I've done the work and I'm as prepared as I possibly can. And I know the words 
backwards and forwards. Like I, like I, like the words are just going to pour out of me and I've carved it out. And then I have that, I have that extra like little edge of like the tongue twisters that make sure I'm just like clear headed. Then, uh, I don't know. I can go in there with, obviously uh, my nerves are still jacked, but I I can go in there as confident as I, I possibly can. So, um, you know, while you're doing all this, like, how do you try to improve your acting skills every day? Are you still taking acting classes? Yeah, I, I, I am, man. Um, obviously that's, that's kind of come to, well, you know, this is a little bit of a, of a sad topic, but, um, my acting coach, uh, passed away recently. Oh man, sorry. Uh, he, 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 yeah, it's okay, man. I mean, like we didn't know. And, uh, I think he was really struggling in life and he, he ended up taking his own life. His name is Stan Kirsch. He's, he's a legend in the, uh, in the acting community. And it was, uh, an absolute tragedy, but, um, I don't know. I, I that kind of had me take a step back from classes and then, um, obviously this global crisis hit. And so, yeah. uh, I haven't really gotten back into class, but you know, I just, I, I, I try, I think the best thing that you can do as an actor right now is, you know, make like create your own work. I think whether that's like Instagram or TikTok or YouTube videos or like sketches, like just write. I mean, I, I just started writing with my buddies and we film these sketch, these little like two, three minute sketches and we put them on YouTube and nobody cares. Nobody watches them, but um, some people really get a kick out of them. And we have this like little small community on, on Instagram and you know it's just another outlet where you can be creative and yeah. and make your own work because that's what that's a big that's a big part of acting in LA or New York or, or anywhere is you an actor wants to act and there's not a lot of opportunity to do so i mean there's so much competition there's limited auditions i mean it, it's really it's difficult to to really book work. And I think right now is kind of a beautiful time where you can make your own work and present it on so many different platforms that it's kind of crazy not to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that was for me, the mental game was so intense, like the rejection and the uncertainty and, you know, there, there's no job security. All of that can really get to you. And the best thing that you can do is just channel it into different creative outlets so that you don't, you know, lose your grip on, or like lose your sanity a little bit there. Um, do you like, do you have a dream role that you want to hopefully play someday? A dream role. It's a good question. I think, um, I think for me, if I could get in a Guy Ritchie film, and play a lead in a Guy Ritchie film, yeah. I would, it would just blow my mind because I don't know. I don't think there's anything cooler than that. I mean, it's like, it's like the alpha male badass, you know, like just incredible directing. Like the storylines are so, I don't know, man, it's just so like cool that, um, for me, I, I just watched the gentleman with uh, Matthew McConaughey and, and Charlie Hunnam and, and Hugh Grant. And uh, it was just, it was just so 
cool. And I don't think many people can pull it off like Guy Ritchie. So for me, that's like the Mecca. That's awesome. Did you ever see, what was it? Memento with him? Yeah. Dude. Oh my God. How crazy was that movie? So good. So <laughs> good, man. And like snatch and Lockstock. I mean, there's something about his films that just nobody else can do it like him. And, uh, yeah, that's another thing. Like Brad Pitt, man. If like if like if I could get to play something cool, like I think it doesn't get any cooler than Brad Pitt. So like something like a like a Brad Pitt role, mm. where where it's just like that classic cool guy. Yeah. Uh, maybe one day. So what's <laughs> so what's like what's next for you in 2020? I mean, I know a lot mm. of, a lot of work has paused because of you know that damn yeah. the damn virus right. that's going around, but. I know. Well, yeah, I hope you're staying safe, man. Just, I know we're all like, it's getting a little crazy, but yeah, I think we'll get through this. Um, yeah, I, I, um, so right before, uh, right before this hit, it was sort of pilot season and I actually ended up booking, um, a series regular role on a, on a major net. I can't say too much, but it's a major network pilot. And, um stoked man i i you know i don't know what's gonna happen i think it's all up in the air right now but um yeah. obviously it's been getting it was supposed to film you know last month but it's it's gonna get pushed back until god knows when um but it's my first series regular role it's my first pilot and yeah i'm stoked i think the idea obviously i can't say too much but the idea behind it is very unique and i think it could be something that uh people would really love so yeah i'm, I'm psyched about that uh we'll see what happens though yeah. <laughs> so like when you're not working like on your downtime uh, what do you enjoy doing uh, on my downtime oh um yeah so like i said man um so i have two buddies who i moved out here with who are my writing partners and uh yeah we just we just film our own sketches our own um comedy sketches and we're we were working on this uh this pilot that i'm editing and it's kind of it's kind of like the hangover meets weekend at bernie's <laughs> um yeah and uh so we're, we're stoked about that but um yeah typically man i just i don't know i try to i try to stay creative but also um I try to live life as much as I can. I mean, obviously right now it's a little tough, but yeah, I surf and just uh, hang out with my buddies in Venice. And, um, yeah, I just, I have a really good uh, core friend group out here. Um, kind of, kind of had all my buddies from high school and college. I kind of convinced them to move out here and we've developed this really cool network. So yeah, man, I love LA. I love it out here. It's just, it's so, if I, I don't think I'll ever leave. It's just <laughs> epic. So uh, lastly, uh, how can the listeners find you on uh, social media? Uh, yeah, okay. Um, so on Instagram, um, my I think my handle, I'm not, I'm not the best with social media, but my handle is at Garen CD, which is G-E-H-R-I-N-C-D. And um, I also have uh, an Instagram page with, uh, my two buddies that I was talking about earlier, it's called Mr. Good Boyfriend and it's sketch comedy. 
and we'll be presenting that pilot on uh, that platform as soon as I'm done editing, which could be any day now. So, so yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm also on Facebook, but like I said, I'm trying to get better at social media. So uh, hopefully soon. All right, Christian, man. Thanks for coming on. This was fun. Dude, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure, man. So yeah, and uh, stay safe out there, right? You also. Please be careful. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.